Hello beautiful community, I hope you are well. I am so excited for you to hear the episode that we have recorded for you. Um, there is some beautiful wisdom, insights and knowledge here that I believe many of us, so many of us, if not all of us, wish we had um, many, many, many years ago, especially as women who bleed and have in so many ways, I certainly speak for myself, um, cultivated a relationship over the years uh, that is in many ways unsupportive of the medicine and the magic that is both being a woman and the menstrual cycle, being a woman and experiencing a menstrual cycle. I sense there is just so much goodness in here. And um, I just wanted to give you a heads up. This episode was actually recorded back in, it would have been around mid-2023, uh, when Jem uh, was actually, she was a guest teacher in my online annual mentorship, Heal Her. Uh, and she was also a guest uh, facilitator at the retreat that I ran last year. And the wisdom and the teachings and her presence and her deep well of knowledge, her experience is just so profound. Um, and it really changed the lives of the women, uh, the students, my students um, that participated and that had the honor and privilege to be a part of a part of it, really. Um, and so, I cannot, I just cannot express to you how, how I believe, how profound this information is and I truly believe it is needed and um, there are so many pockets and crevices and corners of the world that I believe um, we can uh, shuttle it into. Uh, so if you find value in today's episode, please uh, share with the women in your life, share with the menstruators in your life, uh, share with those who bleed, um, the women who bleed, your sisters. Um, it's just so powerful and it, and it goes far beyond, um, you know, bleeding and menstruation. It's, it's, it's the knowledge and wisdom that, that, that comes even before that. Um, it's, it's the relationship. It's, it's, um, it's our relationship with all things, relationship with both our bodies and our cycles, but also with the earth, with the land from which we live, um, and our relationship with it. It's, it's really quite deep, of course. <laughs> I mean, you're here with me, so it's it's always going to be deep. Um, but I'm really excited, and um, I hope there's I just hope there's some really beautiful wisdom in here that you can take away from this and um, share with the women in your life, share with your daughters, share with your sisters, share with um, the people in your world um, who might also be very very interested to learn about. Um, the power of, of being a woman, the power of the menstrual cycle. Um, it's really, it's, it's really something. So I'm deeply excited. Um, so please, if you find value, uh, please consider sharing this and uh, commenting and letting us know what, you know, what you take away, what, what inspires you, what feels resonant, what feels alive and activated in your body as you're listening. Um, sharing your experiences makes this experience so much richer. It opens the conversations in ways that, you know, Gem and I, we couldn't do alone. We couldn't do without you, that I couldn't do without you. So I would just be really honored to hear from you if it lands. And um, yeah, I hope you connect deeply with what's here for you uh, because I, I sense and feel deeply in every cell of my being that it will it will shift something, it will open something up 
And if you would like to learn more, if there's um, if this really, really feels like a path you'd like to explore deeper, um, you will find everything you need to connect with Gemma, her work, the program she runs, her retreats, her podcast at the links in the show notes, which you can find over on my Substack, thecircleoflife.substack.com. Wherever you are in the world, I hope you're well and taking care. Thank you so much for being here and enjoy. You are listening to the Circle of Life podcast, where conversations on life, healing, and the human experience walk us home over and over again. I am your host, Ellen, and this is a home for the healing, a place for curious minds, big hearts, and a different kind of conversation. The Circle of Life podcast serves to invoke the deepest parts of you and remind you that you are your greatest resource. If you, like me, value depth, raw conversations, and a good old-fashioned dose of heart-to-heart medicine, this space is especially akin to you. Together, we'll remember the capacity of our human spirit and what it means to be healing, whole, and a part of this extraordinary circle of life. I hope you find as much medicine and resonance in the words and stories shared as I do in bringing them to you. It's truly such an honor to have you here. G'day and welcome. like to start off by saying you know hi I'm Gemma I'm a mental cycle educator and coach but I'm also a daytime mermaid because I love the ocean so much um my best dates are with my mat <laughs> with yoga and you know I like to live with the earth not just on the earth and my journey into becoming a menstrual cycle educator you know it has been an ongoing journey for a long period of time but I think it's quite interesting to reflect back on how I got here because I was the born female who was the biggest tomboy you'd ever met. You know, I used to sleep with a baseball cap and I have two brothers and there's a movie called Now and Then um, with Demi Moore. So good, right? (laughs) So good. (laughs) As a teenager, I was like, oh, I just want to be in this movie and have a summer break like they do. Mm. Anyway, um, in the movie, you'll probably remember this, Elle, that they used to, one of the girls used to duct tape her boobs so that she didn't look like she was getting boobs. Now, I'm one of four children, but my sister's seven years younger than me. So with me and my two brothers, there was three of us in four years. So we're all very close in age. And so my brothers would, and I'm the oldest, so they would always tease me about bodily changes and basically anything I did, they, you know, they tease me. They love me now, but anything that I did, they tease me, including getting boobs. And so I didn't like the fact that I was getting these boobs whilst I was playing basketball and whilst I was you know, being a rower, because I used to be a still water rower and whilst I was swimming. And so I used to duct tape my boobs under my school shirt, you know, because I didn't want to have boobs. Like I really didn't want to be that woman. And maybe that comes from the fact that my mom was also very tomboyish and, you know, wasn't very, you know, feminine at all. And so I didn't really have a lot of great feminine role models. So for the fact that I now talk about menstruation and sex and poo all the time, it's quite funny because that was so not what you know, what I loved and how I got into becoming a menstrual cycle educator 
was after a few years of working in nutrition. So I worked in nutritional manufacturing for seven years as a food science formulator. And I transitioned into coaching around nutrition and health in 2013 because of a great friend who noticed that I, I liked helping people with health. And so not long after that, I decided to come off the hormonal contraceptive pill. So I'd been on the pill for 12 years. This is an important part of my story because I was at a health conference in America and I was, I learned or was taught at the health conference that the average baby is born with 286 chemicals and toxins in its body as tested through the umbilical cord before it's taken its first breath. And I was just like, what? And it's been a lifelong dream of mine to be a, a birth mother. And I was like, oh, that is so not happening to my child. So I was like, literally went cold turkey and just stopped taking the contraceptive pill. Um, I was in a very long-term supportive relationship at the time. And I literally became part of the matrix in the sense that I had this huge alien in my body and I had no idea what the fuck was going on. And I didn't menstruate for about nine months. And at the six month mark, I was like, I'm sick of this. I was having the emotional breakdowns, you know, huge emotional wailing breakdowns. Like I reflect on this now and it was like, my soul was crying to like be back in my body with a natural cycle. Mm. So six month mark, I was diagnosed with PCOS. So I'd come off the hormonal contraception. I was already working in health. I'd already studied a number of things in health. Then I was diagnosed with PCOS back in 2014. And I was like, I came home to my, I remember coming home to my partner and he's like, well, how did you go? I was like, I've got PCOS. And I had two clients who had PCOS and I was like, I don't have any of the things that they're talking about. Mm. So I wouldn't have said my, um, my symptoms for PCOS were really, you know, erratic or large, but I definitely fell into that category. And so I was like, all right, I'm gonna have to make some changes. And it was then that I actually started to learn about the menstrual cycle. I threw myself in on a personal journey you know, reading what books I could find. And there was no books apart from one book that I did find at the time. It's a lot of books now, <laughs> but, um, and I just started to learn about it. And I noticed that my, out of all the things I'd studied, not really anyone had really mentioned about the menstrual cycle or given it like a thought to like, hey, we've got to educate on this as mm -hmm. part of our course, except for one of my ancestral health teachers. And, you know, they talked about the seasons of the cycle being related to the seasons of the year. And I was like, that makes so much sense. And so I started to go down this path of learning about the menstrual cycle. I was working with a lot of women around nutrition and health and gut health. And I noticed that they were having very similar signs that I was having. And so I'd ask them questions about your cycle and what's going on here. And it just evolved from there. And my, it was my clients who were like, Gemma, you're really good at this menstrual cycle stuff, like explaining it and breaking it down. You should help people with the menstrual cycle. And I was like, fuck no. <laughs> I was like, that is not who I am. I don't even like my menstruation. I'm just dealing with it right now. And um, it was them who were really encouraging of me to embrace and educate on the menstrual cycle. And I've rejected it for a long time. And then I eventually brought out a, a program was, which was called the well woman program it was a six week program to, you know, get to know your menstrual cycle from the ground up. And yeah, it was just a hit. And then, you know, it just kind of evolved and rolled from there. And here I am now where I talk about stuff all the time. I have a podcast, you know, I have run two businesses that are focused around the menstrual cycle. And I think that over the last three to four years, going on such a rant, but the last three to four years has been such a big remembering of the menstrual cycle. So people are really going, 
actually, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to take that hormonal contraception because maybe they watched the birth control documentary mm-hmm. or maybe they watched the period end of sentence documentary. And so there's a lot of conversations around this now. At the same time, the cop- the topics of conversation around holistic sexual experience and sensuality and sexuality has really risen. So now we have full acceptance of crystal dildos and, you know, you know, all the things around that. And I think they kind of coincide with their timeframes very closely. And so that's contributed to the remembering. And so more and more menstruators are starting to think about their menstrual cycle as a cycle or something to look at as opposed to just focusing on eating good food and having a good gym routine or a good personal trainer or a good yoga instructor. There's more to the optimal health of a, of a fem- born female than just eating good food. And mm. I think that it's one of the missing pieces in the puzzle. But I also really feel that people are starting to experience a lot of infertil- like inf- infertility challenges, if I can get that word out. So infertility challenges and time to conceptions taking a lot longer. And I think that's because of our shunning of the menstrual cycle for the last two to three decades and people are waking up. So that's how I got here. (laughs) Thank you so much for going on that rant because it was really, really, really important and needed. Um, I would love to begin with that last piece that you just shared around basically the repression or suppression of our menstrual cycle. Uh, I know this is something you're really passionate about. And um, when we had you come in as a guest teacher with my community the other week, it was just so fascinating to learn just how far back this goes and like where this, like where this is rooted, this suppression or this repression of our cycle. And um, I would love for you to speak to that if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. I I could, I could do that. (laughs) You name the topic. I'll, Talk about it underwater. No, I'm kidding. When it's a topic I'm passionate about, I have a lot to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting. I have a, I do have conversations around this quite often. And I think that we live in a world today that is so full of feminists, like feminists and, you know, feminism is a big thing and, you know, anything you can do, I can do bleeding. And I actually feel that that's a saying from back in like the 30s and the 40s, the 1930s, 1940s, because that era reflected that that was a really important statement then. Whereas today, a hundred, nearly a hundred years on, 80 to a hundred years on, the statement's not as impactful because back then in the early 1900s, still women couldn't vote. They couldn't have a bank account. They couldn't purchase a home. They couldn't even have a job unless it was cleaning or, um, you know, I don't like the the phrase like a blue collar worker, but someone who, you know, was of much lower socioeconomics and, you know, they were relied on to do the shitty jobs you could say in inverted brackets, but women didn't have the rights that, that born men had. And so because of that, you know, women had to prove that they were worthy. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into that, Elle, because you've got the people who were encouraged to be women and to look weak so that they would look like, oh, save me, you know. Mm -hmm. And I always think of the, you know, um, the Disney movies that came out around that time. It's like, you know, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, throw your hair down and I'll rescue you and I'll climb up your long hair from the window. And they all depict women being saved. 
Mm. You know, like the women can't do it themselves. And so there's so many little facets that contribute to the fact that, okay, today women are like, fuck that. I can actually do this myself and I don't need you. And in the last 10 years, maybe not as much right now, but particularly from 2010 to 2018 pre-COVID, there was a huge push to like boss bitches, you know, women hustling and hustle, hustle, hustle and grow to the top. And, you know, women are going to have equal pay to men and they're going to be top leaders above men in the board of their CEO position. And so there was a big push for women overcoming and being more powerful than men. And all of this has to do with like the patriarchy and instead of evolving and loving the matriarchal version of us too. So this suppression that we've been through for the last 500 plus years as born females still runs very deep in our red thread. And so that red thread is the people who came before you. So my mom, my mother's mother, my mother's mother's mother, so on and so on. And so even though I never met my mother's mother's mother, you know, there's still a great connection between that. And this also applies to my father's mother, you know, because she was a a role model as a female in my life. And so it's not the born version, you know, it can, it can be, but it also can be if you, grew up in a foster home or with a guardian, like it still runs through that lineage of being a role model or having a role model. And we're unpacking today in this beautiful century that we live in a lot of past trauma. So there's a lot of unpacking, releasing, letting go. There's a lot of people who point fingers Mm -hmm. uh, of blame instead of stepping in and taking full ownership of self. And I feel that the more we recognize that actually I can do anything you can do bleeding. Like if you want to build a house, I can also build a house when I'm menstruating. I can do that when I'm ovulating. Fuck, I can actually do it whilst I'm pregnant and I can do it whilst I'm breastfeeding. I can do all of that stuff that you can do. The difference is I can do it whilst I'm doing other things. So because you're a multitasker, you get a great round of applause because you're doing so much more. Hmm. And that's because we live in that have more, be more, do more like world. But is that you know, supporting our health? Mm. Is that uplifting us? Is that creating balance and harmony? Is that contributing to healthy conception and fertility and healthy pregnancies and healthy, healthy births? And, you know, the list goes on, of course. But when we look at the, the times of change, we're going through a lot of change right now. And so this is where a lot of women are finally, and menstruators alike, are finally awakening and remembering. And as my teacher and beautiful mentor Jane would say is your members are all of you and you are remembering and bringing them together. And this isn't just the work of our lifetime. This is the work of many lifetimes before. And, you know, it stems right back to when witches used to get burnt at the stake because they used to use their menstrual blood as potion and healing, you know, as a healing modality, or they used to, you know, brought the herbs and, you know, it's very witch-like as we call it today. So but there's a lot in our soul history too. Mm, Wow. Yes. And I see this so much, like the manifestation of our suppression or repression of the cycle coming through and overriding our, um, our energy, you know, overriding, you know, um, mostly our energy. That's what I see. And that's certainly how it has been for me, like pushing through in those times when really what I need, and if I'm deeply listening and I'm deeply honest with myself is deep rest is actually retreat is actually to sit back in my in my being and really 
like honor what's moving through me but there has been um like for myself especially like before I started even tracking my cycle this epic disconnect um and what actually what I find really interesting is even though there has been a disconnect from my cycle I can see um like I, I can actually see it like on some level like a level that perhaps I just wasn't conscious of um, I can actually see these cycles and these these seasons within my cycle actually playing out in my life. I just didn't have the awareness, like I wasn't actually consciously paying attention to them, but I can see them because even if we're overriding them, they're still it's still happening, you know. And so let's just um maybe um talk about a little bit about like what would okay, so I'm just thinking like, you know, we're we're moving into this space now where like there is so much um like how I feel it is like we're starting to embrace our cycle our natural rhythm our seasons we're starting to embrace that where might someone begin like even just with tracking their cycle like where where would you start someone off mm. if they'd never done this before if they were sort of in that space of like you know just like just starting to see that it, it's like they're starting to buy into the idea that it's actually worth it to start tracking and listening. But like we understand you and I understand that there's so much distortion. We understand that there's so much conditioning. We understand that there's so much that comes through. And when we arrive in that space, there might be a lot of confusion and a lot of um, misunderstanding and a lot of making ourselves wrong and, and a lot of perhaps um, even projection, like you mentioned before, putting fingers, fingers blame, you know, like where do we, like where might someone like that really begin when it comes to embracing and starting that journey of living cyclically? It's the great question. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like to think of it for the people who are listening to the message that their body is giving them that there's something else that they could learn or there's something else they could discover. So sometimes it's not an external influence. It's a message. It's like a calling, like this inner calling. And for some people that's like, what is this thing? I don't know what my body is doing right now. Why do I feel called to that? And this is the, in my, you know, my point of view, this is the calling of the woman. Yeah. The root man, because it's the same calling we have when you're like, my ovaries are calling for children. Like it's so intense, <laughs> you know, unfortunately born men don't get that experience. And it's only experience that women who have been through that at that stage of their life actually know. So it's the same kind of intuition. So for these people, the first thing I really would love to share with them is that your body already knows, right? So when you're thinking about, well, what do I do next? It's less about doing as such and having to learn all the things and more about listening. Mm -hmm. So how can I listen? How can I connect? And what is my body trying to tell me today? So by doing that, the best practice is tracking your cycle. I like tracking your cycle as a very simple practice because, you know, for years it was like journal every day, write your gratitudes down every day. So a lot of people have the habit of just writing a little bit every day. And this is just coincidence, but I do have my, my, this is my menstrual cycle tracker. If you're watching this on a video, I don't know if you do share this as a video. Oh, she's got hers in an A3 version. I love it. So um, the menstrual cycle tracker, it's an opportunity for you every single day to tune in and listen to the messages your body is giving you and sharing with you. And so what we do is we decide, oh, today I felt this. And by doing that, you're bringing and you're activating awareness. And so by activating awareness is you're 
your sharpening or strengthening your inner guide, your inner intuition. So tracking your cycle is something that is so fucking simple, but most people use an app. And I know that you'll get this L, but apps are fun. They're convenient, but they're very tap, tap, swipe and forget. And this is what a lot of the world is like. We're moving into a world where people are doing so much at such, you know, such a short period of time and there's no presence. Yeah. There's no real being in that. (laughs) Like you're a human being. So with an app, you tap, tap, swipe and forget. And you actually just clock off. It's like, don't get me wrong. I've done this plenty of times. Scrolled on my phone. I'm like, oh, how the fuck did 25 minutes just pass? <laughs> you know? And so we can, that's the energy we have when we use a cycle tracker on an, as an app. Whereas mm-hmm. I created a printer tracker. It's free. I'm sure you'll share links, but it's free. Yeah. It's got, you know, video guides on how to use it. And it's a fantastic resource because you print it out or you, if you don't have a printer, you can put it on your iPad and draw on top of it. Like, I don't care how you do it. Um, and you take time to write every day three simple things to start with. How do I feel nutritionally? How do I feel physically? And how do I feel emotionally? That's it. They're very simple questions. And that could just be three words. How do I feel physically fit? How do I feel nutritionally full or bloated or hungry or, you know, ravished? How do I feel emotionally sad, you know, triggered, irritated, abundant, excited, you know, lustful, like whatever it might be. That's it. That's all you need to do. And by doing this every day over a minimum three cycles, ideally do this forever because it will guide you through every single rite of passage you will embark on in your life, but it will create a pattern and it will show you what your cyclical rhythm is throughout your own menstrual cycle. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, but I don't menstruate, how do I do that? Um, You use the moon. So if you're on hormonal contraception, if you're currently pregnant or breastfeeding or pre-menopausal, menopausal, um, if you're a male listening to this, you can also do this if you really want to. Um, my partner recently, two days ago, is just like, I think I'm in my inner winter. And I was like, okay, <laughs> what do you need for your inner winter right now? He's like, just all the food and the hugs. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, dude, you do you. That's fine. But we don't actually honor that it's okay for men to feel inward too. Mm. Yeah. I can feel inward. He can feel inward as well, even though his rhythm is very different with his cyclical nature. So by starting to use your tracker, you can actually begin to see what's really occurring for your body. And a lot of the times, a lot of people will discover, oh, so that point that I lose my fucking shit. I hope I can swear on this podcast. Yes, you can. But that point I lose my bananas on cycle day 22 it happens every cycle and you're like ding 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 it's like we have a winner (laughs) it's like we've just discovered this is not a once-off this is actually something that happens in your cyclical nature so because of that we can then do the next step which is well what is the thing that can support me in not losing my shit on day 22 or how can I prepare for that? How can I receive support? How can I ask for the support? How can I prepare my house, prepare my snacks, prepare my meals, prepare my work to support me so that I'm not triggered even more? Because trust me, if you're on day 22, if that's, let's just use day 22 as an example, this isn't my day 22, but if it is day 22 and I'm on day 20, I'm going to say to my partner, I'm going to be, do not, purposely irritate me for the next few days. This is a 
a no sarcastic zone. Like mm. I don't, I don't need your sarcasm. I don't need you to push my buttons because you think it's fun. I need luscious support, honoring and treating me like the woman that you love. And he's like, okay, thanks for giving me the heads up. Instead of me losing my shit and him being like, you're fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. And so we're not crazy. We're cyclical. And there are obviously some variances that are out of alignment that are too much or imbalanced that we can bring back into balance, but that's a great place to start for everybody. Mm -hmm. It really is. And um, thank you for sharing. And I know for me, I was speaking with you about this before we jumped on and um, hit record, but like when I first started tracking my cycle a few, few years ago now, I, um, had this big massive whiteboard and it just looked like a mad science experiment and as I said I had um you know all these lines and this graph and like where all the full moons and new moons were and like day one through day 28 and like every day I was just checking in and and I was asking very similar questions I was like how how am I feeling um mentally emotionally physically um and what I found is that just like you said um just to really I really want to drive this home is like what I found is that like there are literally seasons that I move through in my cycle that I can almost predict are going to happen, like you've just said, that allow me to support myself in advance, like in advance. And because I'm really passionate about um, like mental health and emotional health, um, this is where I found like tracking my cycle to be especially supportive because there are, there are for me, there have been seasons that I have moved through where like, um like my autumn has felt so intense like so intense like that inner mean girl that inner critic that self-judgment like has really come through and just being able to like actually witness this come through and see how that has played out for me or did play out for me a couple cycles in a row as I was getting used to this and getting familiar with it I was able to see like that like it's nothing I'm necessarily doing wrong. Mm. It's nothing I'm necessarily, I'm not necessarily crazy. I'm not necessarily depressed. Like I could, if I wanted, put a ton of labels and a lot of pressure on myself and, and actually blow the whole thing up and make it really, really huge. Um, but just having that awareness of like, this is a time when, when this tends to happen for me, had like it was so supportive in allowing me to rest there. Like just to rest in that knowing that it will pass and it always does and always has and always will. And I found that to be just so liberating and and truly like just the capacity to rest knowing that it really will pass. And that, that's part of the of my cycle that, um, you know, like as I learn more, I'm like, okay, like how, like you said before, can I support that? Like in the weeks leading up to it. And you actually said something um that was so profound to like me and my community when you, when you were teaching for us. And it was something like, correct me if I'm wrong. It was something like, <laughs> um, oh, it's like how you're feeling today has everything to do with what you were doing 14 days ago or something like that. Yeah. Could you, could you speak to that? Cause that yeah. was absolutely unreal. So I'll just give a, a better visual for it. So that it makes sense. Yeah. So how your skin looks today is a reflection of roughly 28 to 30 days ago. Mm -hmm. And that's because the skin cell structures that are being built and developed inside my body right now, based on how I nurture, nourish, feed, fulfill my body and my health, 
that's going to produce my skin cells that will be on the outside layer of my skin. Pretty sure it's called the dermis off the top of my head um, in roughly four weeks time. So Mm. what we did in the past impacts our future or what we're doing now will impact our future. So that's a good visual, right? Because everyone knows like, oh my God, why am I breaking out? And, you know, I used to work as a professional photographer shooting weddings. I was like, do not do anything stupid a month before your wedding. Like, (laughs) trust me. So Mm. if we think of that theory, which isn't, it's like, it's, it's a real theory with the menstrual cycle is what we do roughly two weeks leading up to the thing is what's going to impact the thing. So what we do in our menstruation can impact our ovulation and what we do in our ovulation can impact our menstruation. Now, quick little insight is not everybody has a 30 day cycle, 28 day cycles. You know, that came from the great development of um, the hormonal contraceptive pill, because technically we ran off a lunar cycle, which is 29 and a half days, not 28 days. So 28 is not a perfect number. Like it's not the ideal number for a menstrual cycle length. Anywhere from 26 to 32 is a great length cycle. It means you've got optimal time for ovulation and you've also got optimal time and health in your luteal phase, which is what's actually really important for a healthy cycle and fertility. So how I rest and nurture myself in winter, which is what you're talking about, my menstruation, can actually help me prepare for a healthy ovulation in roughly two weeks time. How I support myself through my ovulation, if I go, 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 and I don't allow any flow and fun and, you know, social, like socialism and stuff, being in my community, that can impact my menstruation. What I do in my springtime, which is my follicular phase, so let's just say roughly days seven to 10 of your cycle is going to impact how you are in roughly two weeks after that. Now, not everyone has that same length cycle. So for someone who's like on a 45 day cycle or even longer, this is even more amplified for you. So nurturing and nourishing yourself is actually really important, especially if you have those signs of delayed ovulation, therefore a longer um, irregular cycle. So I hope that explains it for you. No, that's perfect. Thank you. Yes. And, um, This is why listening to the feedback of the body is like for me and what I teach as well around listening to the feedback of the body. It's like, it's the authority. Like it knows, like you said, like it knows. And when we're really paying attention and we're really deeply listening, there's like, we are really, it's, it's not even a gift. It's just a, like, for me, it's like, this is just how it is. And if we're really listening, there's going to be that feedback that's going to help support us in the future if we're listening. But if we're not listening, we're going to keep continuously running into probably very similar or the same repetitive problems over and over and over again. And then wondering why, you know, things aren't, you know, happening the way that we, we thought they might be. And not that I have, like, there's, I have absolutely nothing against seeking support outside yourself, but I'm a huge advocate for self-reliance. I'm a huge advocate for knowing yourself so fully that when you do reach for support or you do reach for help, it's from that place of knowing. And like, you are still the authority. You still trust yourself. You still trust what you know. You still trust what you sense and feel. And like, because you are the only one living in your body. So you're the only one who really can have that authority. So when you reach for that help, it's, it's done so from that place. And so this is why I'm so passionate about this because tracking your cycle is just one of those ways that you can truly get to know yourself and become so fully 
like, you know, we, we hear the words, you know, self-trust and self-esteem thrown around a lot, but like, if you want to develop like unconditional, unwavering self-trust in your body, like, or just in general, like I fundamentally believe it starts with your relationship with your body, what you sense, what you know, you becoming the authority of what that feedback is and what that means for you, you know? And so this, this to me is like, you know, like I'd love to just give some examples around this. And I also wanted to clarify um, day one of the cycle is the day that you bleed, correct? Yes, not the days that you spot. Mm-hmm. So if you spot for two days before you bleed, that's actually in your autumn phase, your luteal phase of your cycle. So first full day of bleeding is your day one of your cycle. So just to give a little example on that, my previous bleed. So today I'm on day 17 of my cycle. So my my bleed like two weeks ago, I started spotting. I had, I noticed a couple of little spots um, at about 6.30 at night. I was like kind of after dinner time, I went to the toilet. I was like, oh, actually my period's arriving. I put on some period undies. I went to bed, I woke up. And my period arrived then. That's when I had my first full day of bleeding. So I called that day, day one, not the day that I had a little bit of spotting the day before. Oof. I feel like that's a really important like clarification to me. Yes. Like the day, the full day that you're bleeding is the day yes. one. Yeah. Yeah, but don't be attached to making it perfect because you're like, well, what if I start bleeding at lunchtime? Like that's half of the day. It's half of the not day. Like, I don't know. Just trust your body. Does this feel like day one for you? Mm-hmm. And if it does, then it's day one. If it doesn't, then the next day is day one for you. But spotting is not your period. Spotting is actually an imbalance and there's a sign. It's a, it's a key sign that there's things going on for you. Mm-hmm. So it's not... It's not your, it's your menstruation hasn't begun yet. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. I think it's really important. And um, I really love the the topic of imbalance around this because I feel like um, I'm, you know, I'm really, really grateful, really fortunate to be part of so many communities where I'm speaking with women who are experiencing these imbalances. And again, when you were on the call with us last week teaching that was the biggest takeaway that the girls had was like, um, I didn't realize that how I'm like treating myself, the way I'm moving, the intensity I'm approaching life with, like how I'm taking care of myself in any given season is going to then impact and reflect on like a future season. And so what would you say on like some of these, like what are the, I don't know, try and keep it really simple, but it's like, you know, what are the top imbalances that you like that you see or that you like, that you that you're aware of, um, that you coach other women through and support them to to balance these out because I I really feel like this is a huge thing. It is, and I'd mm. love to share with you. So thank you. <laughs> first thing is a lot of the medical world would call these PMS, so premenstrual symptoms. I don't like the word PMS, so I'm just going to throw that in the fucking trash can. I like to refer to them as cycle signs. So they're signs that your body is giving to you in regards to your cycle. Now, there's actually close to a hundred different variances of a cycle sign or a PMS as they might say. So the core ones and the ones that we see the biggest are bloating, constipation, diarrhea, constipation, diarrhea, um, headaches, migraines, period pain, which can also lead to like back pain, acne, mood swings. I would say they're the biggest 
out of, you know, most of them. Um, you could also throw in very heavy menstruation. That could also be um, one. And then there's also things like PCOS, which is something that I was diagnosed in. I've since been, had that removed, which is great. And um, endometriosis and fibroids. So they're the most common, but they're not normal. They're common because a lot of people experience them. Yeah, it's not normal. So they're the biggest ones, but I did say there's close to a hundred. And that's to show and demonstrate that even though you might not think it's related to your cycle, it could potentially be related to your cycle. Like Mm -hmm. facial hair is related to your cycle. And so people are like, but how does it, how does it do that? There's a lot of like, you know, biochemical um, equations that go on to make that happen. But it's just a great example that our overall health is directly reflected in the things that we experience. And so I love at um, my, <laughs> my workshop. So, and I haven't done a day retreat in a long time. I just, I'm doing four day retreats at the moment, but in the day retreat, I used to run the question would always be, so what does healthy mean to you? Like, what is, what is your definition of health? And I actually, I teach this on a yoga teacher training because I teach the nutritional component and it's like, yeah, what does health mean to you? And the responses are always so different and I love them. But for me, health is either balanced or imbalanced. So you're in balance or you're imbalanced. You're either in ease or you're diseased. So for me, health is the way I live in balance and ease and harmony with my body. You know, I want things to be of ease, not diseased. Yeah, like I want my car to be able to drive down the road in ease, not diseased and have to take it to the mechanic. So for me, that's what health ultimately means. And anything that we experience that takes us outside of ease or outside of balance is a great sign that your body is knocking on your front door and it's whispering, there's something going on. But actually it's potentially screaming at you because you weren't listening to the whispering to begin with. So they're all just messages and they're the most common ones that I experience. And I've yeah helped so many different clients, you know, over the last, however many years, um, be able to re- rebalance and establish stability in their, in their cycle balance and health. And I think that people say that you can't do it, but I'm like, well, really? Cause I feel like I can. So if you feel like your body has the knowledge or the knowing, mm. and you just need some support, get the support from the right people. Yes. Yeah. Can we clarify who the right people are, please? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I'd be silly to not recommend a menstrual cycle coach or educator. <laughs> totally. If you can't find one, let me know. I'm a coach. My doors are still open at the moment, um, but I do train coaches in becoming certified coaches so that we've got many coaches all over the world now. But then I look to holistic practitioners. So I do believe in getting good blood work done, whether that's with a Western practicing doctor that you trust um, or whether that's with a naturopathic doctor um, or a nutritionist. Um, I love traditional Chinese medicine for the menstrual cycle. So, you know, I love acupuncture um, and the methods of traditional Chinese medicine. Also Ayurvedic support. So seeing an Ayurvedic doctor. Mm -hmm. So they're who I would say would be a great team of support. There are some mental health avenues. I'm like, what's the right word here? Avenue, um, you know, like counseling, um, you know, psychology, et cetera. But you really want to work with someone who is aware of the cycle. Like recently I just started working with a client 
And she's like, I've been seeing a psychiatrist for over 10 years for my mental health, you know, imbalances mm-hmm. has PMDD or labeled PMDD premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And she's like, this is the first time that I've actually felt that I feel really heard. And mm-hmm. I actually, this is like, I'm not crazy. And I don't, I'm not all of these emotions. Like I'm cyclical and why has no one ever shared this with me? So that's only even after one session, you know, that's not after working with me for three months or six months. So I'm sharing that story is that not all mental health advocates and supporters are, you know, are unequipped, but many of them are. So find someone who is aware of the menstrual cycle and is aware that, hang on, men's minds and women's minds are actually very different when women's um, emotions and men's females are very different because a lot of the studies are done on men that's a whole another brand but mm, yeah that. Mm, interesting yeah. yeah that's really interesting thank you so much for sharing um yeah yeah one of the the very first questions I ask my clients when they come into the zoom room with me <laughs> um and question the same question I used to ask when um you know I used to train women at my gym was what day are you in your cycle like where are you at and if they, if they didn't know, I was like, well, give me um, like, what's your energy like right now? Like in this moment, knowing very well that it could change in a couple hours time or like in a day's time, like out of 10, six, seven, eight, nine out of 10, 10 out of 10, like, where are you at? And just opening that up, like, and being, and even being on the receiving end of that, because my teachers, my mentors, they take that into consideration and I'll reach out to them and I'll be like, oh my God, everything just feels really hard and it's all falling apart. And the first thing they'll say to me is what day in your cycle are you? You know? And I'm like, like day 24. And they're like, honey, like honey, baby, like I see you. But right now it's just like, we can just rest here. And it's just like, there's no fixing. There's no interfering. There's just such a deep, deep, deep honoring of where you're at. And, you know, like my teachers know me really well. So like maybe there is a little bit of, you know, feedback or, or, or reflection for me for sure. But it's like it just opens things up to a place that like it, it's almost like like you said, like it's it just feels like the, these these aren't things that are even like really spoken about or honored or even considered when we start talking, especially about mental health, especially about our healing, especially about our emotional state. It's like, if we are listening so deeply, and I'd love to go into this, is like, where am I in my cycle? Like, where am I in my cycle? And like, let it inform you about you rather than you trying to like, because this has driven me mad in the past, is like trying to like almost self-diagnose, like what, what could be going, like what's wrong? Like what's wrong with me? What could, what could it be? And then like you go and you, you do all this reflection stuff. And if you just if you're just listening, it's like, Oh, that's right. Like I'm just day 24 and this is that time where things just feel a little turbulent and I can just rest here knowing that that's very normal and it doesn't have to be any bigger than that. The mind will want to create story and go nuts with it all. But like when I rest there knowing that that's, that's just the truth for me, it's like, oh, I can just relax there. And so I wonder if you'd be open to speaking about like um, you shared with us, like just very, you know, very briefly, like the seasons of the cycle. I can do that. Yeah. Um, something I want to say to preface this, and I know that you've said, oh, God, it just makes so much sense when you understand the cycle and the seasons of the cycle. That's just the first layer. Yeah. There is like <laughs> seven, eight more layers underneath that. 
Mm. And that's what I teach on my, on my four day retreat is like the multiple layers. You know, if you work as a client with me, like we go into it, but yeah, we spend a whole four days like embodying all of the layers and really understanding what they are so that we are not just in the winter of my cycle. We're also, you know, in all these other aspects of the cycle too, which helps you have even more recognition of where you Mm. are. But I like to use the seasons because most people recognize the seasons because of the seasonal year. And we recognize the cyclical nature of the seasons. We recognize the cyclical nature of the planet. We recognize, okay, high tide, low tide, full moon, new moon. Like we recognize these things and we acknowledge them. And just a little like side note is that the moon can be so fucking powerful that it changes the biggest body of water on the planet, which makes up like 75% of the planet. Mm-hmm. And the moon doesn't even touch earth. Like it doesn't even touch it. It's not even connected. It's not like there's a, like electricity pole, like connected between it. Like, how does it do that? That is the woohoo. Yeah. It's the unexplainable about the pool of energy and so we are all energetic beings. And so we can embrace the energetic nature of our cycle. And the way that we do that as a foundation is getting to know those four phases. So in the outer world, and I call them outer seasons or inner seasons. So right now in the Southern hemisphere where we live, it is autumn and that is our outer season. Whereas right now in our inner seasons, I know L, you are in your spring phase, almost in your summer, right? So we can have an outer season different to our inner season. But in the outer seasons, we know that we go through autumn where we are right now. We just went through Easter. So we've been through autumn. Then we go to winter. Then we go to spring and then we go back to summer. And then after summer, we come back to autumn. Now, if you follow the amazing lineage of Eastern medicine, you will know that there's actually five seasons to the year, not four. And so we slide that one in there as well. But to keep it simple, I'm just going to keep it to the fore. Is that our winter time is that time of menstruation. It's that inward time. I love to refer to our winter as the bear season. So I give every season an, um, an analogy of an animal. I do that because I teach in schools and I think it's so easy to remember, well, what would a bear do? Yeah. And if you irritate a bear, what would the bear do? You know, what does the bear feel comforted with? And that's like dark caves, you know, warm food, you know, I call like the Netflix and chill season too. So our winter inside of our inner cycle is very much like our outer winter. Like, so what are the things you would do in your outer winter? We'd eat warm foods. We'd have slower movement. Like, I don't want to go outside. It's fucking cold. So we're, we're looking at supporting our body with warmth and nourishment. So that's our winter, our bear season. After we come through winter, we enter spring, which is our dolphin season. I think you probably remember these from the other week. So our dolphin, awesome. <laughs> our dolphin season, I always think of the movie Flipper. Don't really condone putting large sea animals or any other animal for that matter in movies right like now. But as a child, I loved the movie Flipper. I was like, oh, I want to make friends with dolphins. So dolphin is that essence, you know, that energy of playfulness and, you know, outgoingness and trying new things and being, you know, out in the spring like nature. Mm. So that's like the budding and the sprouting and, you know, the tree, like the fringe of piney trees are finally not looking like dead sticks anymore. They've got sprouts of leaves and they're about to blossom. Mm. So this springtime 
is all about like welcoming in fresh and green foods and bringing in more movement and heating the body up, you know, with your exercise or the way you choose to move your body, as opposed to in winter where you're like, I'm a sloth. I think that would be my second animal for in a winter would be the sloth. Like I'm slow. Don't touch me. I just want to be here on my own. Yes. <laughs> People resonate with that. I do. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then our summer stage, which is generally linked around our ovulation. So our inner stage of our cycle of ovulation, where we release our egg and we are at our peak of fertility. I call this the lioness phase. I also call it the Beyonce phase because I don't know whether I shared this in the program, but there's a film clip from Beyonce's Lemonade album and she's wearing a beautiful long yellow dress and as she walks, like her legs come out of the dress and she's standing in this mansion and she opens the doors to the mansion and all this water gushes out of this home and it rushes down the stairs and she's walking out as the water gushes around her and she just looks like, don't fuck with me. I am powerful and so that's that Beyonce phase that luscious and lustful sexual and sensual but also like I've got this and I'm unstoppable right now and so that's our summer phase it's also the lioness like I mentioned so think about the lioness like prowling down the road or the I always feel like I see lions on the path, you know, in videos when people take (laughs) videos of them because they're not like they're in the wild but they're not in like the long grass as such, but think about like the lioness. And then another version of an animal is the peacock. You know, the peacock doesn't look like much until it, you know, shakes its feathers out and fans them all up. Mm. And then you're like, whoa, she's here to show us who she is. And so that's our summer phase around our peak fertility. And then after our summer phase, we enter autumn. Autumn is the season of the turtle. I love to use the analogy of the turtle because it's like you're out of your shell and then you're in your shell and then you're out of your shell and then you're in your shell and you're like, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. <laughs> and um, the turtle phase is a great representation of turning inward for your mm-hmm. yin phase of your cycle, the inner phase. And so autumn is about long and strong. So if you tune into this podcast because you like movement, um, this is the time where you want to be long hikes. You want to be doing heavier weights and lower reps. You want to be going for a longer walk or a longer run or the longer swims in the pool. Not the fast twitch muscle fiber action. This is the long and strong. And we're welcoming a more warm food again. So I love using my oven and, you know, roasting things and barbecuing. And so that's what I like in my autumn phase. So there are four phases of the cycle. And you can't have one without the other. But the problem is everyone wants summer. Because hmm. like, I want to be Beyonce all the time. It's like, who wants to be a sloth? Like, show me Beyonce. And um, hmm. just a little rant on that is that we live in a world that chases the sun. Hmm. So, you know, people like winter, pfft, not saying in winter, going following the sun. I'll see you in the Northern Hemisphere. Thank you very much. Yeah. And you know, all the people in the Northern hemisphere, they come to the Southern hemisphere or closer to the equator when it's their winter. And we have this, you know, mentality of following the sun, following the lion, following the peacock, following that peak of energy. And we don't allow ourselves that inward time. And that inward time is what restores us enough so that we can be Beyonce. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We can be the lioness. So 
really um, allowing that and getting to know your cyclical nature throughout each of the four phases is like the second step to cycle tracking. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I just love it. I love it so much. And then I see how that bleeds into, and like, well, in my own personal life, that bleeds into my business and how I run my business and how I schedule things that need to be done. And I was, I was thinking I was like day four or five the other day. And I was like, right. I was starting to feel into and like move into that spring. And I was like, I'm going to get my health insurance in order. And I was like, let's go. And I was like, this is such a good time for this. Like, whereas like literally even a day before, even half a day before that, I was like, do not speak to me about health insurance. I don't want to know about it. You know? So like, I just love that these are really like, again, just coming back to their deep listening. It's like, Oh, when we start to become really in sync and tune with our cycle, we can actually use it to our advantage in so many ways. Like you said, we want the Beyonce all the time, but it's like, it's not in our nature to be that. Like we're just not consistent like that. And if we try to be like that all the time, we're only going to, you know, struggle. We're going to suffer a lot. You know, we really are because we're just not, we're not honoring And that's, for me, probably the best word is like really honoring what these cycles represent on a mental, emotional, physical, spiritual level, like really honoring what they represent for us. Because in the future, there's going to, there's going to come another cycle. There's going to be a different season that we move into that requires us. It's like, it's, it's requiring us to make sure that we are honoring that prior season so that we can do the thing that, you know, and we can be Beyonce in that season and enjoy that. And ever since I started tracking my cycle, I see this now, I'm like, oh my God, like as I, as I come towards like day 11, day 12, I'm like, I want to be seen. Like, I, I want to be seen. Like, I want to show people what I'm made of. I'm like, I want to serve at like the deepest level. I just have so many creative ideas and I want to pursue tons of energy. Knowing that I'm feeling like that, I'm, I feel so proud because it, I also know that it's because I've honored the prior seasons, mm, you know? Yep. So it's, it's really beautiful. Um, is there anything else that you like, is there something you, I haven't asked that you would really love me to ask or like you would really love to share because it's just something that, I don't know, comes up a lot or you just wish more people knew about it. <laughs> How long do you have? <laughs> um, oh God, there's so many things that like I could just ramble on about. Like I wish people knew about lunar fertility and spontaneous mm-hmm. ovulation. I wish people knew that their menstruation was their monthly health check and that when there's something wrong with that, that's a great sign that's something imbalanced in your health. Um, I wish that people knew that you don't have to know that there's a big difference between knowing, yeah, which is no in, so you're no in your body, so knowing as opposed to doing. And so we want to know all the things when my biggest take-home often is just pick one or two things and do the thing. Don't go, don't wait till you read the five books before you do anything about it. Like do the, do the thing. Don't just wait till you know, but then knowing and knowledge comes from body awareness. So when you know your body, your body will teach you and you can listen to your body. And as you were sharing, I was thinking about what I mentioned about my story at the start is that I'm not just on this earth, I am of this earth. So I'm not just of summertime. I am all things. Mm. So I am winter. I am spring. I am summer and I am autumn. 
And we don't need to love just one of them and have a preference and have a favorite. You can't have a favorite child if you have more than one child. If you have one child, then go for it. But if you have more than one child, like you can't have one favorite. They're all your favorites, right? That's what my mom before would say. It's like, oh, you're all, you're all the favorite. And I'm the oldest. I'm like, mom, you should have stopped at the, should have stopped at the first one, but you kept trying for perfection and it came the first time around. That's, that's (laughs) that's our family joke. But, um, (laughs) is that, you know, we are all things. So when we learn to embrace the nature and the messages that both the earth and the body is delivering to you, we step into embracing and being our full nature, which is our full expression, our full selves. And um, it's not, there's no destination because everyone's like, oh, when I get to this, you know, I've been doing this work for like eight to 10 years and I'm still not at the destination. And I know that the only destination I have is my tomb. Yeah. Womb to tomb. And so I like, there's no end point. So why am I rushing there? Instead, why don't I embrace the journey? Mm. Yes. And embracing that journey, it's like, or embracing these, these beautiful seasons and the acknowledgement that we are all seasons. It's like, we can stop biting heads and rejecting and denying and suppressing the seasons that we don't like. And we can actually open ourselves up to like a different level of freedom, a different level of sovereignty, a different level of just ah, availability in all of life. It's really beautiful. Um, I have a couple of questions from my beautiful audience. May I? Of course. Okay. Um, Let's see. Hmm. I had a really beautiful question come through around ice baths, saunas, and breath work. And if there's like a really, if there's a more, uh, I suppose, is there a better time to do those throughout your cycle or to avoid them? Oh, good question. So say it again, ice baths, something, and breath work. Ice baths, saunas, and breath work. Oh, okay. Ice baths, saunas, and breath work. Hmm. So ice baths is a very easy one. I don't recommend doing an ice bath if you don't have a healthy cycle because the stress and the pressure on the body, and like I'd love to talk to Wim Hof about this. Like, can you organize a chat with Wim Hof? <laughs> Probably um, not, but we'll put it out there. <laughs> put it out there. Putting it out there to the universe. Wim Hof, let's talk about ice bath. No, there's nothing like ice bathing is great for you. But when you are already starting below the barometer of your healthiest self, mm. you're putting more stress on your body to feel safe and supported to do the thing it's designed to do, which is ovulate. And so if you're doing anything that impedes that ability, then that's creating more stress and pressure on the body. So that's why I say, if you're going to ice bath, please make sure that you're at a healthy state mm-hmm. and do like never ice bath ever when you're menstruating. Like even if you've paid $500 for your workshop and you're like, oh, it's just one ice bath. You will, I don't want to say pay for it later, but you'll probably feel the impacts of that much later on. Mm-hmm. So um it's yeah. You want to make sure that you're no, never doing that when you're menstruating. I also encourage not doing it when you're um, pre-menstrual. So in the in the say the five days leading up to menstruation, best time I would say would be the end of your spring time, um, not when you're ovulating. But generally, as you ovulate and just after you ovulate, your body temperature rises. So maybe, but I would say spring. If you had to pick one time, I would say spring is a great time. Mm. 
Amazing. What about um, saunas? Breath, saunas and breath work. Yeah. So saunas, I kind of like all the time. If you're having challenges conceiving and you're on that journey of um, to conception, maybe avoid saunering around your ovulation and post-ovulation and just focus on your pre-ovulatory time. So that first half of your cycle or the first, you know, 10 to 14 days, depending on how long your cycle is. Um, and yeah, avoiding afterwards because we don't want to, if you're trying to conceive, you don't want to impede on your embryo's ability to, you know, in to meet with the uterine lining. So we want to make that healthy. Um, it's the same reason why like you can't have a sauna when you're pregnant. Yeah. So like just making sure you're nurturing that if that's where you're at and then breath work. I love breath work. I do breath work a lot. There's different levels of breath work though. So if you're doing like pranayama style work, um, you know, from the lineage of Ayurveda and yoga, so traditional Indian medicine, I would suggest doing breath work at all times of your cycle, except for when you're menstruating. And that's because the apana direction, so the energy direction, it's pulled in the wrong way. So that can actually stagnate your flow potentially. So I would suggest doing it, you know, like another time, but what you can do with breath work, if you practice regularly is just like longer inhales and longer exhales. So continual breath, like circular breathing, not box breathing, continual breathing. So long inhale, long exhale, no breath retention and nothing. Mm, Like it's too, it's just too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, to go against everything I just said. If you are someone who has a super duper healthy cycle, you don't have any cycle signs. So you have no challenges around your menstruation. It drops in when it's ready to drop in. You don't have, you know, heavy bloating, migraines, headaches, period pain, heavy flow. Breath work at the time of menstruation can be deeply enlightening because you are the most open version of yourself. So it's two two minds in that, um, but I would suggest to the to the average person no breath work when you're menstruating. Perfect, thank you. You're welcome. That's awesome. Um, and I'll have I have one other question, um, and that's around uh, like how do you track ovulation? What was the question? How do you track ovulation without an app? I feel like we sort of covered this a little bit, but I would really love to just maybe touch on it. Oh, this yeah. is such a great topic. Thank you for asking. Yeah. So firstly, until an app has a microchip in your body, there is no way that the app can actually tell you that you're ovulating. Like end of story. There's no way because you having a poor night's sleep the day that you think you're ovulating could impact the fact that you may not have ovulated and you might ovulate the day after that. So until the app has this microchip inside you, which I probably wouldn't condone, but who knows where technology will go. Apps can't tell you when you're ovulating. They can give you an estimation, but they're not the best um, resource. And I find the best resource is bodily knowledge. And the way to do that is introduce natural fertility tracking methods like cervical mucus, cervical height, um, basal body temperature. They're also known as the symptothermal methods of, of, um, of fertility awareness. Um, I teach fertility awareness and natural contraception with my one-on-one clients. I also am about to launch a program for practitioners to know that, um, which is like an online three-month training. So when it comes to ovulation, how do you mark that? 
firstly, you need to track your cycle so well that you know the intricacies of your body. Then you need to commit to a daily practice of using natural contraception and you need to decide what is your goal? Why are you trying to track your ovulation? Is it to avoid conception or achieve conception? And know that you can't place trust in a phone. Mm. Like the phone's not in your body. Does the phone know that you had an argument with your partner and that all of a sudden energetically and mentally you feel unsafe in your body and you're feeling triggered because of abandonment? And your abandonment wound, like the phone doesn't know that. So even though it can give you an estimation, it ultimately doesn't know the truth about your body. And I think it's, you know, probably never going to know that, especially because most people don't even know the truth of their own body. So you're, yeah. you don't even know the truth of your own body. And then you're trying to put the truth of your body into a phone is like, that's just a, not a great equation in my mind. And so this is why I think it's, one of the fundamental things for your health and longevity, particularly as a cyclical woman and menstruator right well after menopause is to invest in getting to know how to track for your individual body. So work with a natural fertility educator, fertility awareness teacher, and discover how to track for your individual body. Because what my signs of ovulation are, Versus L signs of ovulation aren't always what Instagram says they are. Mm. Yeah. You know, so you need, it's individualization and we need to be able to stop categorizing everyone as the same. And actually it's not a one size fits all caftan approach. Like everyone's journey to ovulation is different based on their lifestyle, nutrition, movement, stress levels, relationships, and so much more. So mm. If you invest, it might, let's say it costs you $500 to $1,000 to invest in learning about natural contraception. And that helps you avoid pregnancy. It helps you achieve pregnancy. It helps you know how to do that when you're breastfeeding or postpartum. And it helps give you knowing for when you move through menopause that menopause is not the transition everyone makes it out to be. Mm. Yeah. So it will pay you forever. And there's no, you know, once you've hit menarche, your first period, it's never too early to know. Amazing. And yeah. what would you say are, um, like, what are some signs of ovulation? Um, change in libido, obviously cervical mucus changes and shifts, but not everybody gets cervical mucus changes and shifts when they ovulate. Yep. Um, cervical height changes, um, basal body temperature only changes after you've ovulated. So it's not a sign of, you know, pre-ovulate, like that you're about to ovulate changes in your energy, changes in your mood about how you approach and, you know, apply yourself to life. These are like some of the basic ones. Um, also change in sensation around your breasts and you're like, fuck, I feel sexy in my body. What yeah. is going on? Like, did I take the sexy pill last night? <laughs> Those things, you know, you could feel sexy in your body and not have a high libido, mm -hmm. but you know, all of those things are, are very much different signs of ovulation. And um the more you get to know your rhythm, like what we talked about with that day 22 example, the more we know your rhythm and your um, identifiers for ovulation in the fertile phase of your cycle, the more you can actually, you know, create awareness and knowing rather than always relying on your app, for example. So your body does have its own fertility rhythm. And some people have, I could go on a huge rant on this topic, but you know, out of a 29, 28 day cycle, some women can be fertile for like 18 of those days. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. 
So people are like, oh, but I'm only ovulating once on one day. I'm like, yeah, but if you're having unprotected sex and you're trying to avoid pregnancy, you could be fertile much more than that. And until you learn those, the ability, you don't know whether you're ovulating first go or is your body having attempts of ovulation and you actually have, like I looked at a client's tracker yesterday in session and her cycle had had five attempts of ovulation in wow. 30 days. And she was on day and she was on day 32. So, you know, like getting to know that information is life-changing to be like, okay, why do I feel up and down and up and down in this cycle? But my other Mm. cycles, I haven't. And so that's the wisdom of the body and the wisdom of the cycle. So with ovulation, it's not just as easy as letting the app do the work or, you know, just allowing yourself to, you know, read one book and then you've got it mastered work. I feel working with somebody you know, it doesn't have to be me, but working with someone who you entrust and that, you know, can guide and support and educate you in a way that you're going to know mm. some people teach and it's hard for, to learn from them. So you know, something that you can learn and know so that you can embody the work so that you actually feel independent, Yeah, not dependent on something. You're independent in knowing that that's what improves time to conception. That's what improves um, and lowers unprotected sorry, unplanned pregnancy rates, um, you know, and so on and so on. Amazing. Thank you so much. And that, I really, really love that question because I feel like it's just opening us up to this other opportunity to like, not just track when we're bleeding, but actually when we're ovulating, that's, that's huge. And um, we don't have time today to go into menopause, but like, do you have any resources on that? Because I do have a lot of women in my community who I have literally heard talk about like there's, there's so much fear around it. Like, there's so much fear around coming into menopause. Everything I've shared applies for menopause. So the first thing you could do for menopause is to learn, like track your cycle. Second thing is to learn your four phases of your cycle. The third thing is actually learn the natural contraceptive method. Even though you're not trying to achieve or, you know, avoid pregnancy, you can actually see, I haven't bled for four months. And then all of a sudden you can see that you did ovulate and that you can prepare that in roughly 10 days, you're going to menstruate. Mm. That is life-changing for you to be able to embrace potentially your last ever menstruation and do a beautiful ritual around that. Mm. So all people think that it's, everything is in isolation. Puberty is in isolation. Menstruation is in isolation. Conception is in isolation. Pregnancy, birth, menopause, all in isolation, but they're not. You know, how we start something leads to the other. And so I really believe that I've worked with a lot of menopausal women, which I love, and you can, you know, reduce the ebbs and flows of the impact that, you know, society says that you'll have or movies say that you'll have of menopause if you get to know your cycle instead of avoiding it. So, you know, out of sight, out of mind, oh, whatever. I don't have to worry about that. But if you put, whatever you put your attention on grows. So if you can bring your attention to your cycle and get to know it really well and learn the anchoring tools that can guide you through menopause, the transition can be so much smoother. I am not a menopausal woman, but I've got a lot of beautiful menopausal mentors and margas, the rite of passage of menopause. Um, and the life cycle of Marga in my life, lots of them, like over 20 of them that I can refer to that I know who have shared all of their menopausal journeys with me. And I've learned a lot of, of them and with them that 
it is possible to have a menopausal journey that's not imbalanced, unstable, doesn't have to be covered in night sweats, hot flushes all the time. And there's some really amazing things about menopause. Yeah. I always, I had that feeling. I always knew that. I truly like, oh, it's so beautiful. All right, darling. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge with us. And um, can you just let everyone know a little bit about where they can find you, how they can work with you, where they can learn more? Because I just know and feel and sense already that there is, that's, that's, they're going to, they're going to want that. Sure. <laughs> um, so place I love to hang out is on Instagram, um, Wellsome underscore Gemma Lee. That's Gemma with a J and only one M. Thanks, mum and dad. Um, my website is Wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E.com. If you want to get the free tracker, it's the same website, forward slash L for love, Y for your, and C for cycle. So L-Y-C. So Wellsome.com forward slash L-Y-C. Um, I host a four-day Awaken Cyclical Retreat to awaken the cyclical nature within you, which like goes into the, the deeper depths of what we've covered today. Um, and my next retreat's in November. Just book the dates for that. So mid-November. And um, at the time of recording this today, the ticket's opened today. So um, you can find that on my website under retreats. And if you want to learn more about working with me or anyone that I would suggest that you could work with, just reach out and message me on Instagram or send me an email, contact me from my website. Um, I love hearing from people. So if this resonated with you and you learned something, come and say hi. Or if you're like, oh, I need a resource, like just ask. I've got so much free stuff. And my podcast is called The Well Woman Podcast. Perfect. Thank you, darling. You know, when you offer too much shit and you're like, fuck, how do I put all of this in like a small one minute sentence? <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, there you have it, my friends. The ancient wisdom you wish you knew 20 years ago with mental cycle coach, Gemma Lee. I hope you were able to take away something really valuable from today's episode. And if so, please consider sharing with the women and the humans in your life. So this wisdom doesn't just have to live inside your head. It can also be transferred and celebrated and shared with those close to you and those who may also really need it right now. Again, if you found value in today's episode, I would highly recommend you come on over to my Circle of Life Substack over at thecircleoflife.substack.com where you can find a whole world of resources, insights, writing, wisdom, podcasts, and trainings uh, that support you on your very beautiful human journey as a person healing and or holding other women, other people in your life as they also embark on or are undergoing their deep transformative uh, healing journey. If this is something you'd like to do, it is $22 a month and your paid subscription will give you access to a whole world of training, wisdom, teachings and insights that uh, can be game-changing uh, for those of us who are in the field and also uh, just on that very human journey, experiencing that in our day-to-day -day lives. I bring a very holistic and spiritual approach to healing. I, if you're the type of person that needs proof of something, it's probably not the space for you. Um, but if you're the type of person that leans in deeply to her intuitive wisdom and is curious about how to tap into that well and resource herself 
and uh, you know bring a sense of you know deep agency and sovereignty to everything that she does then that space our space my space is uh, it's probably gonna feel like home to you and I'd be honored to have you so again you can find us over at thecircleoflife.substack.com you can engage with some of the free content you can have a play have a look around see if it feels like a home that you'd like to make for yourself Either way, I'm wanted you here and take care.